I read a book called The Five Love Languages. And I wish I'd have read this book prior to my divorce, not because I wouldn't have gotten a divorce, but because I wouldn't have thought that I was crazy, number one, and I would have understood myself a little bit better through the process. But in this book, there's a um, there's an assessment that helps you to evaluate what is your love language. So my love language is, uh, what is that time? An affection? Quality time. It's quality time. So for me, when it comes to relationships, personal and intimate, quality time is everything. That's what I value. So unfortunately, it it's something that trickles down to my social life as well because I'm the type of person I find myself that if I schedule a meeting or if I schedule time to be with someone and that person cancels, and I know this is like horrible, this is really bad, but if they cancel, it's really hard for me to reconnect back with that person. It's very hard for me to reschedule and take that relationship, whether it's a business, personal, intimate, it's very hard for me to take that relationship serious moving forward. And it takes me a while like to reconnect. Now, it, it's been done. I've had situations where, you know, time has been canceled, dates have been canceled, meetings have been canceled, and I've been able to recuperate. But it hasn't been, for me, it hasn't been an easy process or a smooth process. Maybe smooth is a better word. So yeah, unfortunately, um, it's that much, it's, it's time and the time that I set aside for people has so much value, you know, that it's, it's built into my DNA, if I should say, it's built into my DNA. And, um, I feel that this is, I believe that this is why I have such a small circle of people that I call friends. It's such a small um, very so many, you know, not many people I've developed relationships with. It takes me a long time to get into a relationship because of this. But the upset about it, the other side is that anybody who I consider my friend or anybody who I consider, who I take the time to be with, whether it be intimate or talk with or friends or whatever, whatever the case may be, is someone who I see a lot of value in and is someone who is very special to me in one way or another and is someone who I will allow into my life and allowing them into my life is me being my um, genuine authentic you know self and I'll open up the doors and I'll allow them to get to know me just for who I am no filters no no guards up um that's one thing about me when I care about someone, when I love someone, I love openly, I love freely, I don't hold back. And those people who are in my life and that are my friends and that are people who I have relationships with, they're very special to my heart. A lot of people say retail sucks. And I've been in retail for consecutively 
over 10 years, maybe about 12 years. Prior to that, I went, I worked retail when I was um, straight out of high school. And honestly, I've tried many other different things and my personality just happens to fit perfectly for, for retail. You know, I like change. I don't mind working different hours. Um, I like meeting new people. I like managing people. I like owning my business. And these are all things that a lot of people struggle with. Some people require having um, a specific routine every day. Um, the nine to five seems to work best for them. Their weekends off, they can plan their week. You know, they know what's going on. They don't have any surprises, any schedule changes, you know, but, um, I don't mind it, you know, and I guess it's all, um, personality based. Another thing they say they hate about retail is being overworked, underpaid, so on and so forth, you know. Um, but I have found that that's not actually true, you know, not, I mean, and it, it, well, it is true to an extent, like there are companies that are out there that don't want the best, don't have the best interest at heart for their employees. And they really don't care. They don't care if they have work-life balance. They don't care that they're working every weekend of the month. They don't think about their families and yeah, they're underpaid. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not really blaming those companies that are in place. I'm outside right now, so it's like, it seems like every truck decided to like drive by me. Um, and I'm in downtown, so it's kind of loud. So it's not, okay, back to my point. It's not really those companies' fault. Like that, it's not the companies who we should blame. Because at the end of the day, we have a choice. We have a choice to who we work for. And what I've noticed and what I found in retail as I interview, you know, management candidates is that it really is based on your self-esteem, your self-value on whether you will take a job that's underpaid and overworking you. You already, you know this from the beginning, but if you don't feel that you can find or do any better, that's what you're going to get stuck with. And... I'm going to tell you right now, self-esteem is huge. The value that you place on yourself is the value that everybody else will place on you. Nobody's going to come around and say, hey, you know what? I think you're amazing and I'm going to give you this much more money. If you don't think that you deserve that much more money. And if you're at a job that's paying you shit, it's probably because you value yourself at shit. So I know it's a big step in the process of finding self-love, self-value, seeing that in yourself, because once you start seeing that in yourself, you start to see what you're, what you're, um, what you're accepting in your life. And there's gonna come a time where you're gonna have to walk away from that and want more and want better. And oftentimes when that comes, you don't necessarily have something else lined up. It's just something, it's like a move of faith that you say you're going to change, you're going to do this differently, you're going to leave this job, and we'll look for other ones, but oftentimes there really isn't one set up, and you just have to have faith that something else will pop up. The value that you see in yourself is the value that others will put on you, and I learned that from a book that's called The 15 
Irrefutable Laws of Growth um, by John Maxwell. Oh, hold on. I'm outside in downtown Phoenix walking my dog and he's walking into stuff. Um, yeah, so great book. Learned that from the book. Um, the, I think it's the eighth law. The law of the mirror speaks to self-esteem, self-value. If you don't see value in yourself, you can't add values to other. And it's the same thing when you are working for a company. You have to find a company, well, number one, until, until you're able to articulate, sit down in that interview and let that um, company know what you can bring to the table and what you, um, and the, what you can bring to the table and what you're worth for that company as far as dollar amount, you know? A lot of us wanna get paid X amount of dollars an hour but they can't articulate why, why, why am I worth that? What can I do for you? What am I going to bring? What's the value that I'm going to bring to this, to this corporation, to this company, to this team that makes me worth $30 an hour, that makes me worth $35 an hour. Until you're able to articulate that, then there's no other company that's going to see the value in paying you that much. So, um, finding a company that will value, value you and pay you what you're worth. Um, when you do that, when you see value in yourself and what you bring to the company, you're not afraid to, um, demand in return to be valued. So that's the problem with retail. People complain about not being valued, not having work-life balance, in working in retail when at the, at the end of the day, in all reality, it has absolutely nothing to do with the company structure. It has to do with your standards and where you value yourself at. I've been with some shit companies that have treated me great, okay? And that's only because I saw the value in myself and I knew what I was worth. I didn't allow anybody to walk over me and underpay me or overwork me. And to this day, I, I do not do that. You know, and there's people in my own company. There's, I've worked for companies where I've been treated great and others been treated like shit. I've gotten paid above company, the average pay, and there's other people that's came on board for some shitty pay. And that's not my fault. That is all, that's their fault. That's, that is a reflection of where they value themselves. So, to my point, the 15 irrefutable laws, so I think it's the seventh or the eighth law is the law of the mirror. You don't, we don't see, until you see value in yourself, others won't see value in you. The value that you put in yourself is the same value that others will place on you. So with that being said, yeah, retail sucks, but that's only if you have if you don't see any value in yourself and you don't know how to find a company that's gonna give you the same value that you put on yourself what's up everyone this is gorgeous and i'm in my car today on my way to work and recently i had the opportunity i've had some opportunities swing my way with other companies and um, so I've interviewed. I've had a, I had an interview yesterday, and 
it's not that I'm looking for a new job. This just happened to come my way, and I'm the type of person that I don't, I'm a yes person, so I don't say no to opportunities. So although I am very happy of, you know, where with the company that I'm working with right now, I work in an industry where recruiting is is the normal and honestly being with a company for more than two years is, is kind of a stretch you know this is a this is a, the retail industry is an industry that you do kind of ju- jump around from store to store it's it's the way that you grow within corporations as far as like promotions pay rates and and all that good stuff so it's also an industry that has a bad reputation for overworking their employees, not having work-life balance, not um, not paying people what they're worth, you know, just like a low salaries. But again, um, that's really, I don't, I, I, that's really something that it's, it depends on the person, on the person, on what they are willing to take, you know, what they're willing to accept, what, what value do they put themselves what, the, what value do they have for themselves as far as, you know, what, um, what salaries they take and, and schedules and so on and so forth. I'm, I've been very fortunate in this industry. You know, I am someone who's very confident in what I do. I know that I can get the job done. I know that I can build teams. I know that I can recruit. I can, I can drive sales. I was a business owner before. So um, running a store does not intimidate me and working for a company also, you know, that that doesn't bother me. I don't mind having a J-O-B as long as it pays me good and as long as it allows me to have work-life balance. A lot of people, you know, want to be entrepreneurs and want to have their own business for that reason. They feel that, hey, if I'm going to do all of this, I want to make sure I'm doing it and building it for myself. Some do it for building a legacy for their family. I get, I get all of that. I see both sides. And um, for me personally, having my own business in the past, I did not have work-life balance, you know? I was a slave to my business. I had to open it. I had to, you know, I had, sometimes I, I, I didn't have holidays. Sometimes I, could, I had to miss birthdays, you know? I did my best at living um, a balanced life and spending that time with my family. But, you know, that's not the case, especially when you, you're a business owner. You have to dedicate yourself to that business until it's strong enough and you build it enough where you can have those leaves you know but it's the same thing when you work for somebody else same thing when I work for retail Uh, it's you know I didn't go into retail my first week saying I want all weekends off saying that I want a vacation every month that's not how you you know that's not how it works not how it works in reality for your own personal business so it's not gonna work you know when you're working for somebody else so just like my own business I went into retail, build my, build my staff, build my store. Took me about maybe, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but about a month or two to get things in line. Um, you know, and it was this consistency, consistency and having a strong business, a strong team and building that relationship with that company that then, um, they saw enough value in me to, pay me what I needed to be paid to allow me to take the time off that I needed to take off. Um, So now I have a lot of flexibility within my industry and it's only because I I am confident and I know what I'm doing. I 
I have a value. You know, I put a value on myself and um, I ask that company to match match what I bring to the table. And if they don't match it, then guess what? They're not the company for me. So what does that look like? What is the match for me and a company? For me, I value work-life balance. That's number one. I need to vacation once a month. And I know it sounds crazy to you guys that are listening, but yes, there are jobs out there that will allow you to take a vacation once a month. You just have to put it out there to them. And, and in exchange, what is it that you're bringing to the table? Okay, in exchange, I build a multi-million dollar business in every company that I go to. That's hands down. I'm a natural salesperson, someone who loves working with people, helping people, um, meeting goals. I don't have a problem doing any of that. It does have something to do with my background. I was a business owner for about 10 years, maybe a little, oh, actually a little over than over 10 years. I was a real estate investor. I had my own store and currently I have my own online store. So I am someone who's very driven, but, um, so yeah, at the same time, that's what I bring to the table in exchange. I need work-life balance. I need, I don't need to have every weekend off, but I need to have a minimum of one weekend off or two weekends off. It depends. It depends on the month, you know? Um, what else do I need from a company? I need to get paid enough to be able to travel and vacation once a month. So those are two non-negotiables. The pay and um, the balance, the work-life balance, the days off. So in interviewing with these new companies, you know, um, I have to be very careful and those were, you know, it just, it was just, it was just my thought process. Like, okay, yeah, they're willing to offer me a salary that's $15,000 more than what I pay, but will they be able, will they give me the balance? Will they, you know, value me as a person and understand that I have a life outside of work, you know, outside, you know, so that's, that's been my biggest that is my biggest pet peeve. That is my biggest um, non-negotiable when I'm interviewing for other companies, you know. And it's crazy because I've passed up a lot of money with this. And, and right now, I'm actually, I may pass up the opportunity with this company because, um, because of the same reason. You know, it's something that I'm really thinking about. You know, I sat down, they interviewed me, but I interviewed them as well. Like, what are these schedules? What are the amount... As a retail manager, the way that you can measure um, whether a company is going to value you and um, not overwork you are um, just a few, few, these are a few pointers. Number one, are they paying you by the hour or are they paying you by salary? So a company that pays you hourly will, avo- will avoid having you go into overtime because they will have to pay for it. So that's number one. Number two, how many hour, how many employees will you be managing? So if you're managing two employees yourself, let's just say two employees. Let's say it's just a store that has two employees, full-time employees, including myself. I work 40 hours. My other manager works 40 hours a week. That is how many hours a week? That's 80 hours a week. The way that you determine if the hours 
that the company gives you and the amount of employees that you are managing, you're going to be, if that is something that you're going to be able to manage, if you're going to get work-life balance with that, is first of all asking, is the company, how many hours is the company giving you to staff your, your store? So if I have two employees that work 40 hours each, that means that at the end of the week, they need to, I need to have 80 hours at least to make sure that everybody has enough hours and to make sure that works, you know, I have enough people staffed to get the work, the, the job done. So this is a very important question because oftentimes in retail, they will not give you enough hours for the staff that you need to execute the work, the workload. So if a company tells you that you have two employees that you, they each work 80 hours and they only give you 70 hours, what does that tell you? That tells you that they don't care about the workload. They are giving you an expectation with a workload and you are expected to execute successfully and run a business with hours that do not allow you to do that. So therefore, they're setting you up for the opposite of success. (laughs) So this is really important. Sometimes people don't, you know, they don't ask these questions and then so then they take a job and then they're like, oh my God, I'm running around like a chicken without a head. I have no work-life balance. I can't take a day off. I can't, you know, I don't have enough people to help me. So, you know, these are all very important questions, you know, to ask when you're in an interview, you know, you're, they're interviewing you, but you're also interviewing them. Um, so yeah, so I'm now faced with a, with a job that is offering me a salary position. This means that I am required to work 40 hours, but there are possibilities that I will go over my 40 hours undeterminately, like indefinitely. You just never know. If the work is there, they expect me to get the work done. And if I go over my hours, they will not pay me over. They will not pay me overtime because I'm no longer getting paid by the hour. This means that they're going to give me a set salary. What is the exchange? The set salary is $15,000 more a year than what I make now. So my question that I have that I'm left with this interview is, is, will this company be a company that gives me work-life balance judging on the pay structure that they're going to offer me? There are other measure, There are other things that I took in account in making this decision. Um, yeah, they give me plenty of staff. They give me plenty of uh, managers. Yes, they give me great benefits. Um, There's a lot of other things to take into account. But at the end of the day, I am assuming full responsibility for a multi-million dollar store, a brand, um, 10, 15 employees, and I will be working salary for $15,000 more than what I make right now. Will this allow me to take a vacation, one vacation a month, which is my non-negotiable? Can I, whether it's a staycation or out-of-state vacation, I need at least five consecutive days off in a row. Whether they are paid days, days off, I don't care how they come about, that is my non-negotiable. So, do I take the $15,000 pay increase for the year or not? Is it worth it? That's the question. So what, what is it? What about you? What, 
what do you, what would you, what do you put a price on? Would you, is it, is it the money for you? Would you take a job for the additional money? Or do you take an account like your personal life when you make these decisions? 